Why did when yeah, Rin said I, something, I, it like went into a completely different? Because yeah. the show had finally begun. Here I am. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of We Need to Talk About Horror, presented by DestroyTheBrain.com. I'm Andy Trevenbach. Patrick Ordcamp. I am Rin Maddox. Yana Califra. Joshua Lightfoot. Mike Hassler. Niles Maddox. And today we will be talking about 1979's Tourist Trap in our Get Up In Them Guts segment, which is our talk about the main topic. Uh, we also will be talking about what we've been watching. We're going to go over two movies apiece because it's been a minute and there's a lot of people on the show. So, A lot of them. A lot of them. A lot of staff. Anyway. A lot of them. <laughs> I was trying to do the Al Pacino thing. Oh. oh, that's another accent. A lot of staff. For you. That's another accent for you. We don't yeah. have yet. No, we don't need that. You have not yet unlocked. No, nope. <sighs> haven't unlocked that achievement. Before we get into it, though, let's go over some housekeeping. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Destroy the Brain. Also at Facebook.com slash Destroy the Brain or on our official group for the podcast, Facebook.com slash groups slash We Need to Talk About Horror. Uh, we do have some of your guys' uh, responses. To tourist trap, and we'll read into them before we get into our opinions. And uh, but before we do everything, let's get into what we've been watching. Okay, this segment is called What We've Been Watching. You figured that out. And we talk about what we've been watching in between the recordings of the episodes. And we're going to start with Patrick. All right. So uh, I watched a movie. I'm going to preface this by saying it's not 100% a horror movie. Oh, but boy, Patrick. Let's skip him. Let's skip him. Stop it. Stop it. So this movie is called How to Get Ahead in Advertising. And it is fantastic. I don't know if any of you have seen it, but 1989, Richard E. Grant's in it. Um, he's recently had a really good resurgence as an actor lately. Like last year, he was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, he, uh, it's basically, it, it's a 1989 comedy about an advertising executive who's trying to put together an advert for a pimple cream or, <laughs> or a boil cream, as he sure. says. And throughout his journey in the movie, it begins to become kind of a weird David Cronenberg. Oh, um, okay. Hand and Lauder kind of body horror in a way, because mm. he, he starts to grow a boil on his shoulder with a little face in it, and it starts talking to him. Oh, yeah, and that's great. Yeah. it is so bizarre, and it's... This is just like that Saved <laughs> by the Bell episode. Yeah. <laughs> but it's identical. Yeah, and it turns into this thing, like, halfway through the movie, and he starts going insane, and this thing's talking to him on his shoulder. Is it like Belial? And kind of. it's like, like it, uh, it, it, it looks like... It. I was going to say brain I'm not, image, I'm but... Not, yes, yeah. that's what I was thinking. I'm not sure who did the uh, makeup effects for it, but it, it looks really good. It's really creepy, and... Basically, the the whole premise of the movie is this boil grows on his shoulder and starts like talking to him and convincing him to get out of the advertising industry and realizing how the whole thing's a sham and like it's like the, just this metaphor for that basically. I think didn't but, the Criterion Collection put it out on DVD? They might have. I mean, I just have like a bare bones version, and I, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, unfortunately, but. 
but it's great. Richard E. Grant is amazing in it. Like it, it, it feels like it could be a play or something. Like what just is the, the way. Title again? How to get ahead in advertising. It's a nice little pun in the title. Yeah. How to get ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to rack my brain to think uh, of if I've seen this. And I don't... It, you might have, like, if you see, like, some images from it. Like, there's one scene where, like, he has his head in a box because he's trying to, like, block off the shoulder from talking to him. And he's, like, starting to go insane. Do. And... Is it a British yeah. film? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the other yeah, thing. British. It's a UK film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, But, yeah, like, the monologues and the, the way it's written, like, the dialogue is actually really, really good. So I highly recommend it. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere though, so I don't know how to find it other than buying like a DVD or Blu-ray. But definite checkout, definite for check sure. Out. I really recommend it. I have to give credit to uh, my sister for recommending it though. Like she's been kind of talking about it for a long time, and she just remembered it because like she was like, "Oh, I, I remember the scene where like this thing was growing out of his head," and like she just remembered it like a few months ago, and she was like. I, I remember the movie. Yeah, so, it's yeah. it's the, honestly it's what from what you're describing. It sounds like a mixture of the stuff and brain damage. I think yeah, that's what me and but, Mike both agreed. Yeah, but with like a lot of British comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. In, so, yeah, absolutely cool, man. Yeah. Is Check it in it print? The, I just looked. Josh it up, just but, looked it up. Yeah, the Criterion Collection DVD has been out of print for years. I was gonna oh, say man. I have never seen that. <laughs> like yeah, ever, it's, it's a fun movie. No, this definitely shot to the top of my watch list. Right <laughs> yeah, now. For sure. Niles and I recently watched Parents, which has Randy Quaid as a dad and Mary Beth Hurt as a mom. And the main voice that we hear is Brian Madofsky, who plays Michael. And it's a very fun movie about very uh, subtle cannibalism, I guess. Well... It's I mean, mean, the cannibalism isn't subtle. It's subtle. But the parents yeah. just say, "Why aren't you eating your meat?" Right, right. Oh well, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's completely normal. So right. it felt yeah. pretty subtle. But this kid is definitely sussed out by his parents the whole time. Well, you know, it's one of those things that when we were watching, and I kept thinking of if you replace cannibalism with religion, it almost yeah. felt like it was anything that you see as I don't get this, but my parents say this is what we're supposed to do, kind of a thing. So I got that that was just like, you know, not understanding why your parents are coming from a certain point and trying to. Wow, that just really hit home now. Go with it. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, yeah. You just made me see it in a completely different light well, yeah. in two seconds. No, that's cool. I enjoyed it. It was yeah, very it was fun great. to it's see things the, from a kid's point of view. Yeah, it's one of the few movies directed by Bob Balaban, who was like a standard, you'd know him if you saw him, character actor who was on Seinfeld and mm. he was in all of Christopher Guest movies. Yeah, he's hilarious too, and yeah. Christopher Get. I, that's the thing. I looked it up and I was like, "That guy." Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, di- he directed Tiny Glasses, movies, and yeah. that was the T- only one that was glasses. like genre li- genre related. Cool. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. Overall, it's enjoyed fun. it. It was fun to see things yeah, from a, a kid's point of view. It's out on Vestron. Yeah, it's out on Vestron Video, but you guys watching on? Yeah, it's streaming on Prime. Uh, Prime. Prime too. Yeah. 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 Some uh, and. It might be on that Vestron or that Vidmark channel if yeah, you have yeah, Roku. Yeah, probably is. Because I know some Vestron stuff is on there. And some stuff that people think are going to be released by Vestron on Blu-ray and they're not. Like the Ilsa movies, for whatever reason, they have Vestron collector series. What? Banner on the graphic. Really? Yeah, it's weird. And people are like, oh, these are definitely getting released on Blu-ray. Nope. No, I don't think so. Anyway, Yana, what do you got? So we watched Flowers in the Attic. 
I, I don't know if you'd classify that as horror, but I would say thriller slash horror because it yeah. is really fucked up. It creeped me out as a kid when I watched Same. it. Yeah, I remember growing up watching that as a kid and thinking, holy shit, they just got left in the attic to suffer and die. Yeah. And as an adult, you watch that and it's even more disturbing. You're talking about the original adaptation? The original, yeah, with Christy Swanson. Yeah. Oh, I did yeah. not realize Christy Swanson was in that. I looked, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> so it's pretty much about this family the dad dies the mom tells them they have grandparents who are very wealthy and she takes their four kids to live there they get locked in the attic yeah so that's the basic premise without ruining it ruining it the books are way 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 worse so it's like lemony snickets right no. Oh yeah, just like that. No, yeah. it's yeah. like let me stick it with incest. <laughs> is that what it is? Oh yeah. my! It was also recently remade with Ellen Burstyn and uh, Heather Graham. Right, it was I like a Lifetime. It. Yeah, movie. Lifetime did the whole book franchise yeah. because there were several sequels and they're very, very uh, dark. Oh, very dark and fucked up. They're fucking I mean, nasty. I mean, they're very controversial back in the. I mean, I feel like they would be controversial now too. Oh yeah. It's not like that subject is lightened nowadays. Really? Although we do have Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Very it's a little different. Yeah. So that was a. I was glad to rewatch that because it's been way too long and it's still disturbing to this day too when you watch it. Yeah, I remember when I watched it early. As a kid, and I'm like, I don't think I should be watching this. <laughs> I, yeah, I've never seen any adaptation of it, so oh. I, it's on my list to check out. But yeah, I just haven't gotten there yet. Because yeah, it looked like it was it was like a kids. It's not a kids movie no. though. No, no. But it like always was. It has kids in it. Yeah, so it is but not it's a kid's okay. tricky. Yeah, it's a tricky thing because when it was released in book format, people thought it was a YA novel for whatever reason <laughs> next to like chronicles of narnia because, yeah yeah i guess i guess the artwork on it because i it, mean i found i found it on way. young adult shelves i'm like oh okay i mean it's f supposed to be not not like um kids right but like teenagers at least that's what it kind of got marketed to i guess that'd be fine i guess like sallow <laughs> no. Yeah, that one was aimed at the tween crowd. I mean, there were tweens in it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a Disney Channel original movie, right? Yeah. Did Disney buy the rights to Sallow? I don't. They might have accidentally. I I accidentally. can't wait for that. I mean, they put version. out an ICP album. They they were really <laughs> mad about that. Oh shit! They got us again. We thought they were they nice got, clowns. They got us again. <laughs> they said they were juggalos. We thought they just juggled. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, shit. Cheerios? Ooh. They juggled Cheerios. Oof. Yep. Andrew Dice Clay. Okay. Right. All right. Josh. So, we have not been on in a while. Yeah. Because we're moving into a house. Yay. House. House. It's house. All, it's all happening. It's all. Mailage. <laughs> Houses. So, yeah, we've been really, really busy. So we haven't had a whole lot of time to watch anything. Yeah. Uh, but we did watch or rewatch Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <laughs> the Rennie Harlan movie from 1999. Making time okay, for the good ones. I love ones. that movie. <laughs> yeah. It is a, like, look, it's not a very good movie, but it's like a guilty pleasure kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Probably was shown on TVS a million times and probably everyone's seen it. Yeah. But oh, yeah. when you like start it, you can't stop it. Nope. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you, out of if you don't like Michael Rappaport, boy, this is the movie for you. <laughs> right. Huh? Well, I would just say out of like uh, 
other shark movies other than Jaws, it's not that bad. It's, <laughs> it's still a fun time. It's your, just your typical yeah. killer yeah. shark movie. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, LL Cool J. I was about to say LL Cool J. He's got that. Did you forget about his bird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the best part of the whole movie is when he goes, "You ate my bird," and, and launches his his lighter at the shark with and blows up. I don't know. Great Solid. scene, classic scene. Yeah. Classic film. Classic film. Has By... anybody seen the sequel? No. Wait, aren't think... we celebrating? Is it the twentieth anniversary this year? Didn't it come out oh, in ninety nine? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it's the twentieth anniversary. Oh my god! Deepest, my head is like a shark's fin. Whoa! <laughs> oh, I had the title yeah. track on a CD. I yeah. burnt for high school. That's gonna be one of our killer tracks one day. Yeah. Dude, one we day. should. Thanks, LL Cool Guy. LL Cool Guy. <laughs> Um, that I, would be <laughs> that'd be his Six Flags name, Mr. Cool. Mr. Cool. Yeah. Mr. Cool is me. I think be LL Cool guy. I think it's on Netflix, but really? I got we got the Blu-ray for only five bucks. Nice, it's cheap, worth it. Worth every penny. Why not? Okay, Mike. How about Brightburn, guys? Did you see it? Yeah, we saw it. Yeah, yeah Patrick and I saw it. Wasn't and it nobody guy? else did. No. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I think it's all right. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I, I thought it was fine. It's um, not one I'll probably watch again, but it, it felt like heavily stripped down. Like there was a much more substantial movie at one point, and yeah. they stripped it down, and and so it's like a big scope, but it's a little tiny. <laughs> How long is it? Little tiny bit. It's an hour and a half. I mean, okay, it's a, so it's they, a, it is like not long. Yeah. Okay. No, not at all. No, it and it could have been. It could have been more of an epic kind of Yeah, thing. man. Uh, me and Andy saw it, and then right when it ended, I was just like, yeah. you just ended it like that? Like, yeah. I was just like, it just felt like so sad. Yeah, the ending like, feels very rushed. Yeah, it does. And the in the post or the during credit scene, which is to set to yeah. the Eilish can we spoil bad guy, the, which is great. Can we spoil great a little track. cameo? It's a great Please don't. Okay. I haven't seen it. No, I but it's it's it. got a great... A, great tag on the end of it yeah it's cool that is one of my one of my pet peeves again that this the uh promising uh promising a better movie than what you just watched yeah for the yeah. future i mean it, it, was, it, it, the yeah. the tag is pretty funny though it is it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's great yeah no i mean it was a huge hype around that film and i that's the thing it was like mm. i really wanted to see what the consensus was and so far yeah. i've heard middle of the road so i yeah it's I definitely worth wait a rental. to a stream yeah, or a rental sure. it's worth it but it it's exactly what you're expecting yeah and like i was hoping to go into it with what i'm expecting but more you know what yeah. i mean yeah like it's just like oh that's it's very very basic you know it's very you know you yeah. see the trailer, you know the movie you're gonna watch. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No. yeah. So it's lame. It's not no, lame because there, there's some cool scenes in it. There really are. Yeah, it just it's looks just... so cookie cutter and basic from the from the trailers. Yeah, I I would hope that more. It's a it's was a, in the movie. Yeah, it's just a premise that that feels stripped. Yeah, and cool. a little little predictable, I guess. Like, yeah, you can kind of like okay, I know what's going to happen next. I know where this is going. But... Good group watch. A good group, yeah. I mean, like, there's yeah, some. I think cool, it's worth watching. There's some cool. Kills I think there was one there. scene. Yeah, that kind of really made cool me jump kills. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's some squeamy moments, like <laughs> yeah. squeamy. Yeah, yeah. I think we cool. can all agree on that one. Okay, Niles. 
All right. Uh, yeah, I checked out, uh, per Andy, I checked out a movie called Buzzard, which was phenomenal, and people hate it. So I'm just going to give my good review on it. I didn't know people hated yeah, it. Yeah, if you look it up. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, he hated it. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, Coming to the mindset, if you're going to watch it and check it out, think of if you've seen the movie Slacker and you liked it, or if you've seen Clerks and you were okay with the acting style, then you'll like this movie. It, it's it's a mixture of comedy, and the story really just revolves around a guy making <laughs> a combination power glove by NES yeah. and a Freddy glove, right? You're like, oh, man, I need okay. to go home and build this. Ready for this? Absolutely. Right. So that's they made a story around it. It basically just focuses on the one guy. Um, it was uh, basically a muse for the director, Joel... Kiss? I, I don't know how to, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it either. But uh, Joshua Burge plays Marty, who is the basically the muse for the movie. And he it's just focusing on him. He's a, he's a con man. He's kind of a piece of shit. It honestly reminds you of Office Space. He's a guy who hates his job, is doing it. But like anytime he can get a one-up on somebody, like reading a back of a coupon thing saying... But oh, is he even doing his job? I don't know. He does show up. He takes three-hour lunches. Yeah. And <laughs> he's proud of it. And, uh, yeah, no, it's a lot of that, um, you know, punch drunk love. You know how yeah, like, yeah, he yeah, takes man. advantages of, like, the back of things. Like, oh, well, I get this. The frequent flyer. Yeah. He's that kind yeah. of guy. He's a, he's not like he's, like, doing something illegal. He's Well, he does eventually. But he Ooh. starts off with just <laughs> little, you know, hey, well, it says if I uh, yeah, take all my money out of this bank account, you know, if I sign up for a new checking account, I get $50 free. So I'm going to take all my money out and then get $50. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, What? Like, you can't do... Does it say I can't? No. Yeah. Well, then I can do it. Well, Good you point. have to have an account for six so, months before you're closing. He's right. Like, well, today's exactly my six months. Right. So that's, that's the whole premise. It's like he's not like... Sh- he's shitty, but he's shitty in the sense that he just like doesn't know how to exist in society. He's he's a 20-something-year-old, and but he has the mentality of like a 14-year-old kid just being yeah. like, well, fuck. He's I just a scavenger. My, yeah, he, yeah, like a buzzard. Like oh, a buzzard. He is a scavenger. Okay, that and then it definitely towards if you if you can ride through the the Napoleon Dynamite kind of characteristics of some of the movie because it's you know it's just like it's his friend that really makes you remember. oh it's, yeah. he's goofy, so he's, he's super characters. goofy okay yeah basically what happens is he gets caught up in a scam and ends up having to move to the basement of this dude's dad's house <laughs> and he's like basically playing NES with them and he's just like I don't. The the guy who is the owner of the house's kid, he's like this nerdy dude who's like, yeah, it's the party party, party zone, party so, zone. Yeah. So what what I have to ask, like, uh, uh, without spoiling anything, yeah, no. How how does it kind of delve into like horror territory? Well, like, it's horror that... because because he loves horror and like okay. That that's all it is. So really. yeah, that's the theme of it. He's always rocking a horror T-shirt. His apartment's covered in horror yeah, posters. Most of the time, he's he in makes a, demon a power shirt. glove with Freddy. You know the Freddy glove. Yeah. And then I don't want to ruin it, Something but there happens. is yeah. There's an ending. Yeah. His it ends up going a dark way. Ooh, okay. Towards, I, I really want to see. But this. so it's it's a very silly comedy. If you want to watch something again, like Clerks, slacker esque. Yeah. Mm. I would say it's just with the horror right in that vein. Yeah. Like you know, when somebody's like, "Oh, what's the plot of Clerks?" It's a day in the life. Yeah, that's essentially. If you what found it funny, is. you liked it. If you didn't find it funny, you probably fucking hate that movie. Like yeah. for real. Like it's not like it's good acting. So you know, it's yeah. either you liked it or you didn't, and that's why I understand why people hated it. Yeah. But I think that conceptually, there's a lot of beautiful things that happen in the film towards the end, especially. And I think one of the strongest things, like 
if you want my honest opinion, and Niles and Rin probably are the only ones because nobody's gone to Cinema Wasteland except for us three. R.I.P. But when you watch this, it's like, dude, this could totally be somebody that attends Cinema Wasteland and just scams money. So he wore like there, black denim and yeah. a black t-shirt because <laughs> that's all you need to do to go. But I mean, what I'm getting at, I guess, is that there's some truth in some of these characters. Like I could look at some horror fans and be like, oh, that's that reminds me of this dude. Or the, that reminds me of this dude. It reminds me. It's of not a knock. It's Patrick. Yeah, really? He's got a, you got a day Patrick, job. Patrick, if you, you were scummy as shit, yeah, if you were scummy, it would be you. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you. Because you got right. horror posters. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not a knock. <laughs> I'm just saying. So did this character really like Star Wars? You got a day job, <laughs> right? You got a day job. Do you wear a tie? I don't wear a tie. Do you wear a button down? Uh, sometimes. Okay. But you wear a polo. Just imagine that. And then, Bet like, on your polo. days off, you're just rocking your, like, vest yeah, and man. your black jeans. Making right a, now. And again, making a power glove into a Freddy glove. Like, that's, I would, I, that's I something could I would do. do I, I could want see you to do that. it so bad now. Like, Come on. Can, can we do, like, I don't know. Podcast activities? Craftivities. Crafts. Podcast crafts. Destroy the brain presents podcast crafts. Andy, go ahead. All right. Podcrafts. So, Patrick and I. Uh, caught a 35 millimeter screening of the Boxer's Omen. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. And if you don't know what the Boxer's Omen is, it's made by the Shaw Brothers. It's a horror entry into uh, their whole catalog. And essentially, it's a very hard plot to uh, kind of describe because the the brilliance in this movie is how it's executed. But the basic plot is that you have a uh, boxer who gets hurt in the ring, and then it's the brother, right? The brother yes. goes to avenge. Oh, by the way, the other boxer in the ring, the other Thai boxer, is Bolo Young from like Bloodsport and yeah. all sorts of good stuff. Anyway, uh, so Bolo Young essentially hurts this guy and makes him so he can't box or walk ever again. And the dude's brother is like, I'm going to get revenge against him and goes a weird way about it. He basically becomes a monk. Yes. To try to get superpowers to take take this dude down. It's a very long involved process. Uh this is this was my second time watch, but my first time watching it on thirty five. And, and my this first was time your watch. first time watch, yeah. Um it is a wild movie. I love it to death. I, I forgot really. about all the regurgitation though. And that was like, oh god. Yeah. Man. That was dude, hard to see on the big screen a little I bit. I thought I I loved it too. Like it, it was like for one, it's eye candy. Like yeah. it's like really, um, it's like a gorgeous looking movie. Like the lighting's really. Cool. I was gonna say yeah. I was like sold uh, by the trailer, but I I ended up not going. But yeah, the yeah, trailer. Just watch the trailer. So you, cool. If you like the trailer, probably go see it because it looks gorgeous. And I like think it's on Prime. And there's some. I don't know. There's like some funny moments in it, but it's not like. Well, depending on the audience you're with, right? It's not like laugh out loud funny, but it's like it's like a charming kind of goofy funny. Like there's moments that you're like, I don't know. It's it's just so fun, and I I I thought it was really artfully done. Uh, that night I tried to buy it, and like it goes for like a hundred dollars yeah, just for the DVD. And so the DVD's like, out like, of print. Oh. Image Entertainment put it out. I actually covered this movie. Um, somebody tweeted at me and I realized, oh shit, it's been almost 10 years when I reviewed this movie. Yeah. Um, Do you own the DVD, Andy? No, no, I don't. I don't know where the fuck it went, but 
I'm yeah, sure yeah. you could find it out there. Yeah, wink, there's wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, if, I, you, if you give it a, a look, see on Google, it'll pop up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, which I, I would like. I would it. hate to say that, but I mean, if the fucking thing is out of print, I mean, yeah. But like, it just gets so bizarre. Like, it, it's just like, like I said, like the only thing I could say is like, it's not like, it's not like, uh like goofy funny like it's like kind of delightful the way it it just escalates like it's like this is just, just getting bonkers weird weirder weirder yeah. and like people are gonna say like oh this is just cheesy like i think that's kind no, of it's I on a it's, different it's level it's just it's like psychedelic weird you know what i mean he's the most like, psychotic like fucking but, movie and the dialogue is actually really funny like the there were like I was surprised by that. Like right from the get go, like the lines were like, "Oh man, this yeah. is actually." No, we already figured kinda... out what the double feature is for Hausu. Which Rin will. No, I just later. meant like Hausu because he's he was yeah. talking about psychedelic. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That time frame, yeah. I know that's you know. Kind of, but it's it's more occulty, I guess. Yeah. I'm because, sure it's not, has yeah. nothing to do with the story. I meant the colors, the vividness. Oh, okay, all right. Oh. Yeah, and. I like that actor. I, what what is his name? Who oh, plays the actual boxer? We don't have to read it if you don't want to, but he's really good at. How did the print look? Philip Coe. Yeah, it was a little yeah, beat up, but a little bit. Fine. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like for the boxer's omen, that's fine. Yeah, and like the audience that we saw it with, that was like the only downside because there were people that just were just like hooting and hollering at like every scene. And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get, I get that this movie's weird, but it's not that funny. They like, didn't have a shut the fuck up funny. intro. Nope. Yep. No shut the fuck up intro. You gotta have that. Yeah. I mean like there's funny moments, but it's not what like they're this laughing during the scenes that are like, <laughs> so it felt like guys. you were watching it at the Tivoli. Yeah. It's yeah. Philip Cofe. But I don't know what you may have seen him in. He's on Tiger on Beat. Yeah, and yeah, he's in a uh, number of. Yeah, he he was good though. Chinese films. Yeah, but yeah, it is a unique film, and it's it's definitely a wild one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, the DVD's out of print. I don't see anybody doing a Blu-ray anytime soon. Yeah, vinegar right. syndrome. What? Right. We just put that out uh, there. Put that out there for them just so they can I notice it. it. He was in a film called Ninja Terminator. The, the hugest. Oh, oh <laughs> hell yeah! That's the first thing I looked. I was like, wait a minute. All these funny normal names. I'm like, Ninja Terminator. Oh, actually, Opium and the Kung Fu Master. That oh looks yeah, great too. That's a classic. I think I. Yeah, you got that one. Mm-hmm. Might. Anyway, I'll look in. A Sorry, but um, yeah. I mean, the Shaw Brothers getting their catalog on Blu-ray has always been proven difficult but dragon dynasty i think put some stuff out they put and, some stuff out celestial um, pictures put yeah. some stuff out. but it's Image all these put some weird stuff out. well right right but on blu-ray uh i don't know image, image put out a lot of the dvds which yeah celestial put out a few blu-rays but i don't know well there was there was an effort to restore some of the shaw brothers stuff which and, they celestial did back in like 2014 or well, something i'm talking like that. recently yeah, there's been Robert the, Rodriguez was throwing money into it, right? But uh, I don't know what's happening. Uh, yeah, with I still that. haven't heard anything about it. Though. So anyway, Boxer's Omen. I would recommend it, and like I said, you could find it out there on a possible video streaming site. How about that? Is that maybe it's one that's owned by Google? Yt. Maybe it's owned by Pretty Google. Young thing? Just look it up on Google. It'll pop up on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know. You know, that's yeah. what's happening. I'm okay. sorry, guys. All right. Well, it's okay. It, it's it's not the best quality anyway. 
Well, it said DVD quality. It, it does say DVD quality. <laughs> it's not though. I checked. It's I really not. And I don't okay. want to be one to be like, oh, well, check this out on this, uh, you know, it's bootleg. Like, but it, I mean, there is no other way to it's, watch it. It's, it literally does not exist. On unless Friday. you want to spend fifty, sixty dollars. Somebody yeah. uploaded it in like two forty p. It's not like you can okay. rent it on Amazon. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's no way to watch it other than to purchase the full. All right, Patrick, what do you what do you got? Oh, okay. So this next movie is one I watched with Andy. And it's okay. called One Dark Night. Oh, yeah. And I liked it. That was cool. Um, so, well, Andy sort of watched it. Well, you've seen it No, before, I, I watched <laughs> the whole thing. So I fell asleep did an hour asleep. into it, and then I watched the uh, last <laughs> what it half was, hour yeah. next day. When it was over, I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. I turned around, and he's like, <laughs> <"Argh."> <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is great. His but, eyes were still open, though. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the nightmare that his name is straight from back. <laughs> he he <laughs> will fully be asleep, and his eyes are wide open. No, like, but, Andy, you're sleeping. Nope, my <laughs> eyes are open. What? No. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it it's pretty cool. It came out in 1982. Uh, what's her name? Meg Tilly. Mm-hmm. Is it? Uh, yeah, so she plays a college student, and she's trying to get into this club. And, you know, part of the process to get in. The sisters. The sisters. Uh so they're making her sleep, spend the night in a uh, in a mausoleum. Oh, like hell! In, in order to be, uh, you know, accepted into the club or whatever. So, but there's, and yeah, and then you know, there these two girls actually, I guess three girls because one of them's played by E.G. Daly, and she's kind of the one that's like, I don't want to be part of this, and right. And uh, but yeah, the other girls are in there, kind of pranking her and like dressing up as ghouls, and while she's trying to spend the night there, ghouls. Meg Tilly, yeah, Meg Tilly is actually really good in the role. She's like kind of unfazed by everything for a while until things get really weird because there's the, also this subplot with uh, I'm honestly having trouble remembering exactly what it had to do with the story but there was adam west and oh, his wife he's he's the husband of the wife he's, that's having the premonitions yeah it was like a psychic vampire or something okay do you need me to help yeah please All help because right. like i will admit I so the got movie a starts off there. the movie starts off with a uh dude that we later find out is a sa- psychic vampire meaning he just sucks the energy from other people um and he's dead and there's a whole bunch of corners. There's a line of corner vans that stop at his apartment. Yeah. It's a really weird coordinated sequence. But they go up and they find his, uh, they find like knives in the wall and dishes and a whole bunch of weird shit in the wall. And his apartment is just a mess and he's there dead. And then if you look over to the closet, which is open, there's like, what, 12 girls or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It was like 12 girls in a closet dead as well. And they're like, what the fuck happened here? So the daughter of the dude, the psychic vampire, mm-hmm. that that is the older lady that, that gets premonitions because it's telekinesis. Yeah. And she's seeing what he's doing. Right. And that's where Adam West comes in because he's the husband. Right. That's it. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, it all ties up in the end without giving that away. But... Yeah, that was the only thing that was kind of confusing about it was because, like, the rest of the movie just feels like this girl spent the night in a mausoleum or in a crypt or whatever. And, yeah, that's where 
Yeah, but that backstory is the setup, right? It really is. Yeah, yeah. So it's got a crazy backstory, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, like, when you started describing, it, I said Hell Knight because I was like, oh, so it's like a yeah. Yeah, because the movie gets set up that way, but then like a good chunk of the movie, you forget that that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, and this but is, then but then at the end, you're like, oh yeah, that's th- right. This is Meg Tilly before the Big Chill. That was yeah. her big movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, forgot yeah. what it was. Yeah. And it was uh, the big it's a good chill. soundtrack, isn't she? Yeah. I thought. Oh, that's oh, right. Psycho Two came before the big chill. No, it didn't. No. It, it was the same year as the big oh, chill. Okay. Um, Battle. But no, um, I think I read somewhere that she wanted to become a dancer. Hmm. So anyway, I don't know why that's really relevant. But yeah. uh, her dancing career like failed, and she decided to become an actress. Pretty sure that's Meg Tilly. Anyway, yeah, I recommend it though. It's, yeah, it's a that's a fun movie. She, she is also a... sister of Jennifer. Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. Is that really oh, her yeah. sister? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, wow. could too. Yeah. I remember her. She had short hair. Yeah, all short hair. Yeah, I can see it. Okay. She hasn't acted in a movie in Rin. years. What did she, she have? She was in something a few years ago, and I can't remember what it was. She was in a couple TV shows. Ren. So my question. The movie is called One Dark Night, mm-hmm. and it stars Adam West. Yeah, but it does not have anything uh, to do with Batman. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. Boy. I mean, I almost spelled it with a K when I was recording it just now. A knight. A knight. Yeah. Knight. The dark knight. Uh, 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 That's all. One dark night rises. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, Patrick. <laughs> one dark night begins. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. That was good. Recommend it. Okay, Ren. Three stars. Which Wait, no, four stars. Nope. So, Hold on. So, Three and a half. So. So recently I finished reading Uzumaki, which prompted me to watch the film, which was made in 2000, which I was underwhelmed by. The book was phenomenal. However, I did find out upon further research that the movie was made prior to the finish of the manga series, <gasps> which makes a lot of sense. Now that I know that, I am less frustrated with the film because I understand that they did not have the ending, which the- to me, the ending of the book was beautiful and very poetic. Um, the ending of the movie felt very abrupt after how long the whole thing actually took to get through some very simple storylines, I feel. Um Overall, I'd totally watch the movie again if I had never read the book, but reading the book before made it very frustrating. Right. Because, I mean, I've seen the, I saw the movie in the in the early 2000s. I think it was during my blockbuster era. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't, you know, a big fan of The Ring. And then I was like, ooh, I'm going to check out all I can. And so that was one of them was Uzumaki. And I was like, ooh, this looks trippy as I'll get out. And then, yeah, I come to find out later that it was a manga series. And then that's interesting that. <laughs> that t- makes total sense. They hey, were working with not a full deck. They didn't have right. the completion of the story. They made it up. Yes. That's wild. Right. It makes way more sense knowing that now. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Andy? You watched it too. Yeah. yeah. You, boy, you boys haven't read it I mean, yet, I liked so it. Yeah, I, it haven't, different I haven't read the source material. I like the 2000 Uzumaki film. So, but what, I also, like, what we were talking about when we watched it last, what, couple days ago or right um it it kind of just loses steam yeah the fact that it ends with stills is frustrating give a run through what's go give me so it's a it's a town that is quote infected by spirals so it's really trippy the whole book is just based around the premise of spirals and how they can be intoxicating to an individual that's the american title of it is spirals 
the spite rule. Well, it's called Uzumaki. Yeah. So. Right. Uh, like Naruto no! Uzumaki, because he has a spiral on his belly. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the town just slowly becomes consumed by spirals in many grotesque ways. Um, more so in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are things that are touched on in the movie that I feel are definitely not given due justice. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I got the vibe, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, we, it's a vibe, but... No, but me and me and Andy were talking about it, too, because there's, there's a lot of, you know, J-horror and what, you know, Asian horror in general that's just made for TV. Or it yeah. was, especially at that time, because they were pumping them out as much as they could. Yeah, I feel like big if money, they had... Ma- many, big money grab. So, yeah. the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, was this a, a TV-made one, or was this an actual... TV-made? There were moments where I was like... At times it did. Yeah. I really think it has a strong hat first half, yes. and then it just kind of goes off the rails. And it's and you, you're not like the, the CGI or whatever they use that, you know, is bad, but it's, it's not up to... <laughs> It's not up to it's par. Not up to par. In the no. year 2000, I feel like maybe the technology just wasn't quite there to really do the book justice. I feel like also maybe the budget wasn't quite yeah, there. Yeah, the budget. Because there much. were a lot of effects that they had to mm-hmm. work into this already. And it was, what, like an hour 45? Something yeah. like that. It was already pretty long to create the whole story would have been at least a four-hour movie if we're being realistic. Right. But... If you've just seen the movie, it's fine. And the other thing is, like, that ending, I think, was also a budgetary restraint. Yeah, definitely. Right. You could tell they kind of ran just out of stopped. money. Yeah. That's, like, what it felt like. They were like, oh, now you know what the spooky thing is. We're just going to let you think about how it started. We're going to leave out all of the storyline. Yeah, because it's all then divided again, they didn't in chapters. Know. Yeah, yeah, they didn't know the actual storylines. Yeah. All right. Whatever. It was fine. But, yeah. I, I think... If somebody wanted to adapt it, I want now, somebody to redo it, really and I want it to be amazing. Oh, don't worry, I'm totally sure Netflix will make a live action. Oh, don't Yana's say that because it's going to be nothing but yeah. white people. So they, I think they did redo it in anime form because uh, they uh, called yes. the Junji Ito collection. Yeah, yeah. Just came to Blu-ray in the U.S. Dude, I I know Funimation had it and Bright Stuff had it, but I I really want to buy it and check it out because it might be a couple collections of the stories. If you do, then we should like have a girls' night because that sounds amazing. It does. It sounded very very interesting, and I'm really curious how they adapted that. Yeah, I think uh, an anime would be easier than a live action just because of everything that the story really yeah, has they in can it. Actually, break it up into parts instead of cram everything into a 90 minute movie. Right. Of all the Junji Ito stories that I have read, this was the one that had the most cohesive storyline, so it was frustrating that it didn't kind of end appropriately. I still want to find that DVD, but it's out of print. And yeah, it's I'm long out of print. I'm myself for not buying it when I could have. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yana? So I don't have too many that I watched recently, so I'm going to dig into about a month ago. Mm-hmm. We watch The Predator. Oh, I still need uh, to watch this one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, so sounds like a memorial marketing. Oh, it's it's bad. Well, at least I hated it, but I know some people liked it, so I feel like it went vice versa. I liked it. Here's my comment though: the opening credits. I thought it was a PS2 game. That's <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. literally what I felt like as soon as the opening credits. I'm like, oh shit, this looks like a PS2 game. I felt that way about a lot of the CGI. The lo- the CGI just wasn't. Good. The storyline wasn't as interesting. I mean, I understand what they were trying to do and trying to revamp it, but I just felt like it fell really down. Yeah. 
I was very disappointed. I think Josh has something to say. Yeah, part of the problem, I think, you just say everything you just said one more time, but in Japanese. <laughs> and don't, hey, don't be afraid to just literally put your mouth on the, on the microphone, microphone. Yeah. like this, yeah, like with your where teeth. it says "speak right here," where that little orange, that green thing is, right there. Yeah, like yeah. lower, right. lower, lower. Yeah, yes. like so it's right closer here. to the, the pickup, base of it, the, the base of the right shaft. There. So right here. Oh, right the base here. of the shaft. Thanks, Sorry, Michael. That was for you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can say all that again, right? I think I can. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> Once Rin's done. <laughs> that was Chobits. Chobits. Okay, go ahead. So we watched The Predator, which came out last year. And uh, well, I I was not a fan of this one. It. I love the original Predator. I do like two. Predators, I don't remember. It was not very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love yeah. Alien versus Predator. Let's not talk about Requiem. No. But the Predator, the <laughs> opening credits, which, you know, they define how the movie is going to be, looked like a PS2 game. The CGI just literally, I'm like, how oh, shit. Is this Resident Evil? <laughs> it was worse than that. It was like, uh, I, and it, I mean, there were some parts that were really interesting. But to me, it fell down a not good way. I okay. I feel like it lost its momentum. Yeah. So uh, I actually, I didn't. Even, I don't know anything about this movie because I I've not heard anything good other than Mike saying he liked it at one point. I heard. So um, it's pretty much about uh, you know military. It st- starts off in a jun- jungle where this guy you know they're killing. So it's not a remake of the original. In no, my opinion, it's a continuation. No, it's it's a, a continuation. continuation. Yeah. And is it based off of like one, two, and? Alien versus Predator, or it, is it? It includes everything. Okay, so it, it is doesn't, an arc till today. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't okay. really eliminate anything. Like Jake no. Busey is in it playing mm-hmm. Gary Busey's son from uh, that would make the second <laughs> yes. movie. So, so it pretty much you know starts out with her in the jungle, kind of yeah. like the original, playing tribute to that. Yeah, and they they see the Predator and the military is involved. Yeah. and guy pretty much knows. He's gonna be caught, so he ships all that he catches a predator, takes its equipment, ships it to his, I guess you could say, autistic son. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. He's a, yeah, he's autistic. Yeah. So, who's, you know, very smart and finds this equipment. And then, you know, you got the, another predator coming looking for the equipment, the, the dad being arrested, you know, they're looking for him. And it, it's interesting, and I liked where it started. Right. It, there, I was just so iffy. The CGI was not good. So, story wise, you. It intrigued me. Thought it was interesting. It was, it was okay. It interested me. Yeah. But I think the CGI is what killed it. When you see those dog things, those dog predators. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Uh, it reminded me of Stranger Things. Okay. But Stranger Things had better CGI. Yeah. Well, they, obviously, Stranger Things is gold. So I mean, there are things I liked about it a lot. I didn't like about it. I thought it could have been done better. But it was interesting. I mean. So is it worth a stream? Yeah, I, I was worth it's the on stream. HBO now. Yeah, that's so where okay, we watched cool. it. We have HBO. We got HBO now for Game of Thrones. And yeah, that's I've been so watching be, all the movies right. I can off HBO. Did you check out Barry? No, I haven't yet. You better watch. Barry. Barry. Need to watch it for the twenty first. That's when I get rid of my right. Of HBO. No, because your Game of Thrones is done. That's it's pretty over. Much, I think that's their big. Uh, their big seller yeah. right there. So. Well, look at Chernobyl. I hear Chernobyl's really good. I I've we saw trailers for that, and it looks yeah. very, very good, and very well done. Thing. And I like seeing when they do horror series, right? Because they can 
a lot of the times they blow them out of the water. Yeah. yeah. So I want to see uh, the Deadwood movie. I still need to watch it. I haven't seen Deadwood, anyway. but I heard it's good. Josh, what else you got? Uh, I think someone talked about it on one of the podcasts that I wasn't on, and that's the movie Bad Ronald. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody has talked everybody about has that now. Talked third about or every time we talk about yeah. it. Now. Oh. It's a fan favorite at this it point. We is. love that movie. <laughs> the first, I first heard about it uh, years ago. It was on a YouTube video. This guy is named Sean C. Phillips. He does his DVD reviews. Okay, I used to like his videos, and now I think he's like the most annoying guy on the planet. But he, he, yeah. <laughs> but he, he talked about Sean. If you're listening, uh, no offense, <laughs> no, but Josh fucking hates you. Now. Him and the, uh, the other dude get on my last Murph. Game. No, just, no, what movie one? <sighs> Shit talking. All right, anyway. I don't know. Well, he. He talked about Bad Ronald on one of his YouTube videos and it intrigued me. Yeah. And Warner Archive yeah. had put it out on DVD, and I bought that, but now they put it out on Blu-ray. And the Blu-ray looks great. Uh, if you haven't seen it, and I'm sure we've talked about it a hundred times before, is a, a kid who accidentally kills <laughs> a, uh, a, a little girl. Yep. And he goes home to mommy. <laughs> And says, I did a really, really bad thing. <laughs> and mom goes, oh, my God. Well, we, shove you we have to hide you. So she makes this uh, kind of like hidden room in her house. And he just he hides there over time. But in then, a Franta. <laughs> and then the mom dies. And then a new family moves in. And this is where things just it gets really creepy. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where he's this... <laughs> this kid is just watching this family and they don't even know he's in there what is it is it attorney atranta atranta i love this movie at this point yeah. yeah we've we've talked I, about it so much that at this point like i'm just breaking down part i'm like i hope you bring something else to the table well, this need, episode sponsored need, by warner archives I know, I bad say, ronald man. Do you know Pick what type of soup he's eating? I, I really. <laughs> what is mommy feeding him in those cans? <laughs> I I say like I I think next time Warner Archive does the four for forty for sale, I I really think people need to pick you, this up. Yes, oh, I've, it for is sure for, because it is very creepy. Yeah, and it's also really funny, even oh, yeah. when it's yeah. not trying to be. It just happens to come off as being funny. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I give it a high recommendation. I, I it, definitely think it's a Joe Bob worthy movie. I think yeah. I would love to see like him just break this down. That'd be interesting. <laughs> it would yeah. be. What'd you think of the neighbor, Mrs. Schumacher? <laughs> that <laughs> shit is hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> just the, the whole unraveling of that. Mind your business. <laughs> right. right. Nosy ass bitch. You nosy ass bitch. Just that moment where, where Ronald and and the lady like Mrs. They, Schumacher. Yeah, Mrs. Schumacher. They finally meet are they like face to face or like that realization that oh shit, Ronald's still in this house. And he's and, gonna kill the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're, she knows it the moment you see it in her eyes like, I'm gonna die now. Because yeah. this guy <laughs> That is such a great moment in the movie. 
so good. I, I, so good. I, I don't know. You know, don't go out and buy it, blind buy it, because I don't tell anyone to blind buy anything. I blind bought it. I know you did. I and I don't regret one. it. No, yeah. and you won't. But I'm just saying, <laughs> if it's an, if streaming anywhere, please check it, it out. Might it is be. a hidden it gem. Is, it isn't. Oh. But if it ever does, it's a hidden gem. It is a great story. And... Yeah, if you hadn't checked Warner it. Archive 4 for 44. Check it out with a 4 for 40. I'm the only person that has not seen it on the podcast now. It's so your now turn, it's sir. Yeah. You made Bad Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what you got? I saw Ma. What up, Ma? Well, oh, there that is. Oh, oh, my. There's an edit. No, I'm just playing. Whoop, there it is. Whoop! Uh, <laughs> Mamma mia! Anyway, I saw Ma. Um, it's it's good. I, I liked it. Um, if you're not aware of what the movie is, <laughs> you should be. But if you're not, they didn't uh, they didn't do enough uh, commercials for that. It, I swear, I've been seeing him for like a year now. Yep, uh, it's got Octavia Spencer playing a lonely old vet tech who. Um, and everything. Who discovers uh, you kind of befriends some kids, some high school kids who are looking to pick up some booze and uh, she's she's really friendly um, and she invites them over to, to use to use her awesome basement as a party place. So it's a hey mister kind of situation, right? It is. It, star- I, it starts with a hey mister. I and identified. Then when I saw the, the chair, mister, I was like, oh, I I The mister invites them back to their place. It's a safe place to drink, you know? Because they had gotten caught the day before in the park drinking. Safe space. So they found a safe space. Yeah. Safe space is not, as it turns out, so space. So safe. So safe. What? Yeah. So space. Who? So space. So space. So speechy. So space. Uh, Octavia Spencer's really good in it. Uh, this is a director who got her an Oscar, or helped get her an Oscar for The Help, and um, it's, it's an entirely different movie than The Help. Allison Janney is in the movie, but it is uh, feels like half of her character was edited out it, it for no apparent reason. Uh, Juliette Lewis is also in there, and uh, it's so it's got it's got an interesting cast. It's it's a decent thriller horror thing yeah that's the thing so they don't really which is i'm happy about i don't know where it's gonna go i know the the premise of it and i got that it didn't sell me on hey i'm gonna spend the 12 dollars to go see this in the theater it didn't do that for me no and the the trailers revealed entirely too much about the movie oh do they okay because i but at the same time it it emits things that make the movie makes sense because you're as you're watching the trailer, you're like, I don't know why this woman is doing this. You know, I mean, it, I I do. People get lonely. I've had ran. I think when I was younger, I had random dudes be like, "Hey, you want to party?" Um, but you know, then wait, again, wait, wait. Let's then walk again, this I woke back. up. Niles, I'm sorry. Let's what? Walk this, let's walk this. Back. Niles, what? Um, I mean, you like to party? Yeah. Randy likes cheeseburgers. Do you like candy? <laughs> you want a date? Do you like candy? Do you like candy? Want a date? Come you on back to my date? house. I got I got tons of candy in the cupboard. Right. No, I've been invited to a van or two. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we unlocked something today. Um. And anyway, go see Ma what? on video. <laughs> 
So I checked out the uh, Into the Dark series on Hulu. Um, I, I watched a few of them. Um, I really dug All That We Destroy, which was the previous one. Um, I think as of right now, they just released one on Friday, and I can't remember the name of it. But All That We Destroy uh, is a reminds me a lot of if you if you've checked out Black Mirror. It's almost like how, you know, obviously how technology is going to basically screw us later on. And uh, all that we destroy is definitely in that kind of realm. Uh, it's more about genetics. And um, the basis of the story is that a geneticist has a son who decides at one point in time to murder a woman. And she finds out that he has murdered this woman in her house. They live in the middle of nowhere. And so her thing is, as a geneticist, I'm going to make this woman over and over again so that he cannot murder real humans, but murder this clone. And so it's about him trying to get that feeling back, but it's not quite right every time because it's not a real human. It's a clone. It's pretty dark. Um, And he ends up making friends with like a neighbor girl. And she gets very disturbed, like, he's going to murder her at any moment. Um, and I don't want to ruin it, but that's, I feel like if you just read the synopsis, that's basically what it is. It's about a mother's love and uh, <laughs> accepting a serial killer for who he is and, and giving him what he needs and urge-wise, and instead of actually taking him to a therapist. So, yeah. Oh, but I think that's what we all need to do. Right. right. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. But then it has, like, a lot of different futuristic things that make it look like Black Mirror. Like, they definitely have, like, the little nodules so they can go and do, like, um, you know, the fucking... What is it? <laughs> We're in the future. What? Nobody's... Who? <laughs> you know, in Black Mirror, when they put the thing on the side of their head and they, yeah. like, go to... Oh, they got the memory bank. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's, like, you can talk to people. but Or, like, you can go, like... Oh, maybe I haven't seen that. Okay, one. no, I there's a bunch of them that they. That's like it's clearly the future is that like we're gonna have this little nodule that we put on our optic nerve and it's gonna take us into an alternate reality. And did you just watch Striking Vipers? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, they use it in that, but they use it in a couple other ones too, where they yeah they dig into the optic nerve. Is different. Where they yeah. access the memories. Of yeah, but I mean, who are involved? In so accidents. I'm fully, I'm fully in a belief that 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 is literally what's going to happen in the next couple of years is that we're going to be able to just like pop a nodule on our head and just. I think we're, I think we're Jesus, a good ten years away from there. <laughs> yeah, Live an alternate world. reality. I mean, Wally existence. Mm. Bathroom. Can we all just agree that nodule sounds way too personal? I'm just kidding. I'm fine. But no, talking at once. Yeah, no. So I checked out a couple of them. I checked out the body and I, whatever. But I, I will say that my favorite so far has actually been that one because it, it was very um, not sci-fi esque, but I mean it was very futuristic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the it was co- it was cool. It was shot in like the Albuquerque kind of desert, yeah. and so it was just them dealing with the story in this house um, and some in, intense um, dramatic presentations. So something the- I haven't realized it is. Are any of them connected in any way? No, they, they're are just they, completely they're different just stories. Separate, different and they're directors. all movies. Like, yeah. They're all full-length. Full-length films. Uh, the yeah. one that originally Andy told me to check out was The Body, uh, which was... That was the first one, right? Yeah, that was directed by Paul Davis. And um, I watched that one first, and I didn't care for it that much. It's yeah. a cool concept, but... Um, 
Yeah, then I was like, well, I'll check there out. There are eight other ones. So, yeah, now there's, you know, they do one every season or every month. So I was like, well, I'll check out the newest one. And then I was like, oh, that's great. Um, so that's the one I decided to talk about because I'm not going to just bash the body because I've seen a lot of comments that were not very good about it. So <laughs> anyway, so yeah, if you have Hulu, check out uh, All That We Destroy on into the dark series and also check out uh new season of black mirror on Netflix. yeah i, I don't want to sell black mirror but yeah black mirror is phenomenal but yeah, that's what i'm saying like i dig black mirror and i like that concept of the it's close but it's not it's still, still futuristic yeah. but it's close it's like if my phone was just glass that's where that <laughs> so near future when they when the iphone turns to just being clear like by that's when we man. know we're <laughs> fucked yeah we're fucked is that when my iphone's clear that's when all the bad stuff's happening Soon. Right. yeah just a few more years i know right andy <laughs> uh sir so i watched night beast and this stems out of a funny story that hopefully might actually be relatable to some of you people um buying vinegar syndrome where like most of the stuff you've never seen however i've seen night beast before um but niles made me kind of do an inventory of vinegar syndrome titles i have 32 of them and i think i've only watched 30 of them <laughs> or no i've only watched two of them so i, I was gonna of say them. you have not That's watched amazing. i need to watch 30 of them and I was like, you know what? I just got Night Beast in uh, from their Halfway to Black Friday sale. Let's watch that. And this is directed by Don Dollar, uh, who, interestingly enough, J.J. Uh, Abrams, credited as Jeffrey Abrams, is the composer for this. And I think he was like 15 or 16, 16 years old. 16 year old. Wait, the J.J. Abrams? The J.J. Abrams. Abrams. My boy? 16 years old was invited by a director to do the sound and score. And the, if you've watched Lost, the mm -hmm. smoke oh, yeah. the smoke monsters, little cicada, little yeah, the, the the sound of the receipt. That's thing, a night beast. Yeah. He literally <laughs> used that same effect. I was freaked really? out when he heard it. He's like, weirded awesome. me the fuck out. I'm like, I love Lost, <laughs> dude. Yes, polar bear. That's so cool. Dude. So needless to say, cool. like this is the the recently released Blu-ray by Vinegar Syndrome, and it's the best Night Beast is ever going to look. Um, it was re uh, before it was put out by Troma, and yeah, I mean it's um, it's Troma, so they didn't do a lot of restoration on it. Um, now, what's interesting about this is like Night Beast has been in the air since Mandy came out. People are like, "What's the movie they're watching?" Well, it's Mandy. What's the what's the dirty movie? And it's like, oh, that's China and Silk. And if you watch Mandy, I think both of them say Vinegar Syndrome. So I was like, oh, it's definitely coming out. And yeah. I, I was happy they put it out. I think it's a lot of fun. Niles has mixed emotions on it. I think it's a pew-pew movie. It is a lot of pew-pew. There's so a lot it, of pew-pew. Hey, man, I give it credit. A lot of I, laser fights. I, if you're making an action film... You start with action and yeah. you end with action, and that's and that's fine. That's what it felt like. It was like, oh shit, aliens coming down! Bam, bam, let's do this. <laughs> and then his gun breaks. So what else is gonna happen? Yeah. Oh no, he's got claws on his hands, and they're <laughs> gonna just rip limbs off in one swipe. I think I think it's a lot of fun. I, it's not a great movie, but there's enough charm to it that I think there is some is ridiculously fun. awkward moments. The 
love scene is so <laughs> slow. I think you uh, it's so unattended to uh, Madman. Yeah, well, the no, step the slow the step into the hot tub with just like man butt and just like <laughs> glistening calves. Yeah, and just like the calves to the yeah to the hammies. Right. Hey, to those little white butt cheeks. Can you say man butt again? <laughs> man. <laughs> Anyways, but oh, yeah, boy, so that, you need to honestly, drop that in the future, right? So it's uh, if you if you watch it, just in your mind, think Napoleon Diamante. So Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite, <laughs> the main cop is this the like skinny fattest guy I've ever seen. I he's, can't tell if that's his real gray hair or if he's spray right. painted. So he literally looks like Napoleon Dynamite with a mustache and. For a police officer, I don't think he passed any of the tests. But he's also physically. got that gut. Yeah, because he's got this gut, and it's like these like strain bang arms and these like little shoulders that just like are so dainty. And he's like, I'm gonna hold this gun, and he <laughs> barely looks like he can hold a gun. It's funny because when he's in in the uniform, you can see just like a little bit of a gut around him. But when he's doing the love scene, you, he like totally sucked oh, he that sucks in, brother. That in <laughs> to give it to the old like mullet. they didn't notice it before. Yeah, no. To the, but it was pretty the mullet lady. It's like I got my uniform on. I can relax. There now. is nudity. If you like that, the Joe Bob <laughs> moment. If you like that, if you like boobies, <laughs> they got boobies yeah. from a mullet lady. They got you covered, Mark Nadeau. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's fun. It's fun. I I think uh, I don't it's know if it's funner to talk about than it is to actually watch it. And that's the problem that I've run into with Finnegar Syndrome with some of their stuff. Like, luckily, I haven't bought it, but it's like. 25 bucks for a movie that I think is just kind of fun to watch with people. Yeah. It's definitely a $5 bin movie. But honest, it's that, a man in a mask. The way everything's going. That is, is what most of Vinegar Syndrome stuff yeah. is. That's so. what I'm saying. It's like, why would you spend $30 for something that took like less than that to make? Hence why I buy a lot of DVDs, because I think there's some movies that aren't worth upgrading. Right, that's but if it doesn't, but if it doesn't exist, like that's the I thing. Mean, if it doesn't exist, that's one thing. I but get if it's supporting like, indie film and supporting indie companies pumping out these golden nostalgia nuggets. But Vinegar Syndrome, at they just put out anything. If it doesn't yeah. exist, that's they're gonna buy it. I mean, it's curated, but it, yeah, it <laughs> curated. Well, no, I, I mean, mean they can't get the big titles. Yeah. But they get what works for them. If they got, and here's the thing: the, someone the, get the sommelier. Let's see if the, we can curate. The best thing about Vinegar Syndrome is their artwork and their hype. Yeah, that, yeah. I agree. That's no. what sells yeah, those yeah. movies. Well, it yeah. does. But also, like, I kind of like it because whatever they put out. Most of it is new to me. I've never seen it. Right. That's true. And they, I like, like they, they do discovering older films that are getting these nice treatments. But does it have regardless to be, of the content? Does it still need to be thirty dollars a pop? Here's I guess thing. it's expensive. I think, to I think physical together, media is going that way anyway, uh, especially for like collector's editions with special features. Because we're paying. We're just going to start paying twenty five yep. and thirty because bucks. the market is allowing. It. Yep. That's yeah, why it's not. I, it doesn't cost money to print plastic and paper i'm like, sorry no it, it does, costs money it just doesn't cost that it much does money. cost money to get those actors back for the special features though. right right like that's right. That's, that's where the that's money's going we're. yeah the money's going to the restoration and it's going to the features okay that's now what I was gonna say, that is that's, hey man criterion arrow they take my money i know mm -hmm. it and yep. 
And they, but what they offer well, is Shout Factory has taken your a lot of your money too. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, Shout Factory and Arrow, they're they're about the same price point, twenty five bucks. They really are. And I'm okay with it because I feel like I'm getting a product and I'm not being sold as a gold when it's <laughs> Night yeah. Beast. Plus, yeah. it, <laughs> I mean, just from a packaging perspective, I like Vinegar Syndrome slipcovers because they're thick and fucking sturdy. Yeah, they are cool. Yeah, and they're nicer. <laughs> they they do a UV spot. Print on it, so like some stuff is glossy, some stuff is matte. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they do. It's just me. It's not like they're not doing a good job. They're doing a great well, job. They're, they're, they're doing a great a, job. They're it's doing just a, with questionable quality. Yeah, yeah. They're doing a great job. Of, I just I never I don't really buy very many of them because I'm yeah. like I don't know what I'm getting. That's why I have Andy. because I'm but like I just watch <laughs> I just watch yours. Because he's, he's gonna watch, uh, he's gonna buy all of them. Yeah, and I'll be like okay, and then I'm gonna buy the ones I like that you. Alright. So yeah, the, that's Night Beast. Like I said, it's available on Blu-ray, but you could also get it on DVD through Troma if you just wanted to go the cheap route. Um, that is what we've been watching. Let's get up in them gear. That's the show. Okay, we're gonna we'll get up later, in them. Guys. Nope. <laughs> we're gonna get up in them guts and talk about Tourist Trap from 1979, directed by David Schmuller, starring Jocelyn Jones, Tanya Roberts, Chuck Connors, Robin. What is it? Scarewood. Searwood. Searwood. Yeah. Yes, John I Van Ness. Would, I yes, I would Sherwood. like some crackers. Yes, very good. Wow. Yeah. Yes, very good. <laughs> oh, we've lost Patrick. Oh my! <laughs> That's my favorite scene in the movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Music's done by Pino Dinaggio. Oh, Pino Grigio, the man who gave us the Carrie soundtrack, "Dress to Kill," all sorts of good stuff. Solid, solid. Weird. Even though it's a really weird score. Weird soundtrack. That is a weird... That, that <laughs> opening... Let's just talk about how the movie opens with just start credits and this wacky music that sounds like burglars trying to sneak <laughs> into a house. Well, before we do... In a children's film. No, uh, no. It's so strange. Let's be, let's be honest. It really just sounds like the Puppet Master soundtrack. Like, the entire thing is just that Puppet Master boom, sound. Boom, boom, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Same director. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, what do people have to say Did about you this? You know movie? that was the same director. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, oh my god, it does sound like burglars sneaking. Out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Home Alone Six. <laughs> yeah. It's like like cop and a half music. Or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, cop wow. and a half. We're really? Oh wow. So yeah, this is also streaming on Shutter. If you have Shutter, go ahead and uh, you know. You can watch it there. Mm -hmm. So we did the sound off to a couple of different uh, social media platforms. And on Twitter, we got a couple of responses. <laughs> John Mills said, I tried to like it. I wanted to. It's a movie about psychics animating dolls directed by the guy who made my favorite quote, psychics animating dolls, end quote movie, not long after it's chuck connors going all in 100 percent committed but i don't know for some reason it never resonated shrug and that's by john mills j mills jr on twitter kind of yeah uh, yeah we'll get into it kevin c dot doyle said 
on Instagram, I like it. Weird and creepy, not just straight breakdown slasher flick, the Rift Tracks version is good too. I haven't watched that. There's a Rift Tracks version? Yeah. I suppose so, per that would Kevin be C. Well Doyle. worth hearing. Scotty Birchler from Twitter says, I wonder how different the film would have turned out if John Carpenter ended up directing it, like oh. initially planned, would he have sticked to the script? Would the tone feel different? Oh, absolutely. Would it have a less of a sleazy feel? Oh. Um, I like so, the sleaze. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's kind of what part of makes it charm. It easily would have had a better gross. score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it's fine. I like my Pinot de Nagio. It's a weird score that's occasionally really effective, and then it it meanders into something. It's like, were you even watching the movie, bro? Man, I mean, I what love Car- Carpenter's obviously better, but I don't know if I would have liked this well, movie as much if it was Carpenter. So here's the thing with that, though, is that I think when they wrote the script, the initial plan was to get John Carpenter to do it because of Erwin Gablin's. Uh, who also helped produce Halloween. And these films were essentially cut together, I think, around the same time. And I think David Schmoller has even said that he's, or maybe it was Ron Underwood, I forget. Somebody recently said that they were watching dailies from Halloween while they were working on Tourist Trap. And Erwin Yablins was like, oh, Tourist Trap's going to be the bigger movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, In what world? This was also the man that helped produce Fade to Black, which I think is a decent character movie, but it's not a great movie. It's not good. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Thank you, Scotty. For all your realty needs. <laughs> Boy. Andy Sims Realtor on Instagram said, Tourist Trap is one of the most unintentionally hilarious movies ever made. Chuck Connors is so bad, it's good. Okay, Andy, I agree with you. <laughs> but I also think that Chuck Connors was just too good for this Chuck movie. is inspired. He has so much talent and he, he does. so much real charm in real life that I feel like maybe it just doesn't translate well into this oh, I think genre. I think he is very good at being creepy to all of these young yeah, girls I think who are fine. in I think his oasis. In I think he's absolutely yeah. phenomenal in this. Yes. So that's what I'm going to say. Yes. Yeah. These are people's opinions. It's okay. We're just reading them. We don't yes. have to sit here and like break through all of them. I'm not going to argue with Andy via text. <laughs> Not to mention, like a two-week abridged. Might jeopardize your uh, house needs if you need another house. Oh my! Anyway, our real team. What needs. you got from? Twitter? I'm gonna. I'm, well, I'm gonna knock out a couple from Facebook because they're quick. Uh, Mary Lou said, "Love, love, love." Mark Nadeau chimed in, uh, just as Mark Nadeau would. He says, "It could use more tits." Yeah, which <laughs> I, and uh, I and I absolutely agree with him on that. Yeah, he's gonna touch on to something. He's gonna we'll touch on to tits. Oh, oh boy. Uh, oh, I promised I'll talk about it. <laughs> Math and Key says, love it. It is batshit crazy. Makes no sense and revels in it. And then uh, Sean from Moolah, uh, bartender from Moolah. Hi, Sean. Hi, uh, Sean. Hi, Sean. Thanks Miss for you. the drinks. Thanks for them drinks. Miss uh, you. Killer trailer, but the movie's so-so. We got some longer ones, but uh, I'll go back to Rin with uh, Instagram. Roger underscore Van underscore Ghoul. Hello. 
uh, says, I love it. Essential horror that is often overlooked, wonderfully creepy and delightfully weird. It is one part House of Wax and one part Texas Chainsaw Massacre with a small dose of Carrie to sweeten the deal. Completely agree with Roger. It yes. is certainly Completely creepy. There, it, I mean, it's effectively creepy when it's not being just strange. It, it it meanders between like, oh shit, this tension is really here, and then it's just like, well, this is really silly. Is she not? Does she really not think that it's him? Okay, there okay. is a little uh, bit of that Texas Chainsaw. Oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But we'll not only that, it, but also from Twitter, we got Charles Coyle. Cole, yeah, I ne- I always fuck up his word. Collier. Collier. I really like it. It's so weird that there's a kind of nightmare quality to it. And John Gutmuchers on Twitter also says, best use of mannequins in a horror movie ever. <laughs> That's, mm, yeah. I yeah. mean, I can't think of many others except, well, I think mannequin does it pretty well. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Rin, who else you got on Instagram? We're not going on the move, though. I have Mr. Antsy, who says it works surprisingly well for having the killer be a telekinetic wax figure craftsman who can swap between being truly menacing and funny. Yeah. Mikey Venture from Facebook says, I love it. I'd pair it with Motel Hell. He said Hotel Hell, but I'm going to say Motel Hell. He knew what he meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so bizarre. Telekinesis, screaming mannequins, and Chuck Connors in a kerchief. What more can you want from a movie? Plus, that plaster man- monologue is kind of intense. Uh, El Goro, because I'm never going to call you by your real name. Hello. Um, it has moments of incredible atmosphere, and the surrealistic quality of certain sequences is the stuff of nightmares. Unfortunately, it's not able to maintain that tone consistently, <laughs> leaving me with great moments in an otherwise so-so film. Certainly worth seeing at least once, but it has limited replay for me outside of the Joe Bob Marathon, which most of you guys remember this was part of the 24-hour marathon mm-hmm. that we got to see Joe Bob on show. film one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is how we watched it, too. That was my it was first just time. just kind of fun. My first time seeing it. I mean, I've seen it multiple times, but yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I own it. I yeah. love that movie. Well, I own three copies of it. Rin, well, who else? <laughs> Nobody else? All right. And then, uh, yeah. So that's pretty much it. Thank you guys very much. We're going to do more of these sound offs and uh, get you guys more interactive. So thank you again for putting in your two bits on Tourist Trap. Now we get into ours. Again, this is available on Shutter, that streaming service that we all pay for that we forget. And uh, yeah, man, like I've, I remember seeing this movie a long time ago. And it scared the absolute shit out of me at times, but also at other times I'm like, yeah, this is kind of goofy. It's mm-hmm. off kilter. I think when I think of the word off kilter, that's what I think of is this movie. Patrick, what do you think about this movie? All right. So going back to what I was saying, uh, there is a little bit of that Texas Chainsaw vibe to it, but something that kind of came to me when I rewatched it today was... Is there a possibility that this might have been kind of a slight influence on House of a Thousand Corpses as well? Because that kind of roadside attraction vibe to it. All of the house movies. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know. If you put this in Funhouse in a blender and Texas Chainsaw. Well, that's 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 the whole thing. It's like. Thousand Corpses. When you're talking about the reference to Texas Chainsaw. I mean, House of Thousand Corpses is Texas Chainsaw. I'm sorry. It's the same fucking movie. Kind of. You know. (laughs) But like, this has like the roadside attraction yep. vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And, then and another reason it, why this might 
also feel like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the art director is Robert Burns, who worked on the Texas Chainsaw mm. Massacre. So I that's why that. some scenes in the movie, like some of the set pieces, they feel very like, oh, he's Leatherface, right? Yeah. 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 Even I some of the hair a, on a couple his... That's what I thought, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks like when Leatherface is like, yeah. get the... Being silly. But yeah, be it silly. <laughs> I think I've always equated that, like, oh, that's why I get the Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe is because of the visual look of it. Sometimes reminds. Yeah, me I, of it. I honestly think it would be a good double feature with Texas Chainsaw. I watched Texas Chainsaw first. Watch this for your like light palette. That's you true. Know, be like, fun. <laughs> so you can go to cleanser. sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, so you can have a nice night. <laughs> Ren. I feel like the off-kilterness of this movie makes it easier for the everyday watcher to see this because mm -hmm. even though there are very gruesome deaths, which from the very beginning they're gruesome and beautiful, I feel like it's easier for the majority of people to still watch this and enjoy it because it is goofy and yeah. funny. Mm -hmm. So first thing I want to say is I can't believe this is PG. Right, yeah, because my nephew would cry, and no way if I was is it kid, really? Yes, it's yeah. yeah. The every cut of it. Hey, pick up yeah. that DVD. So yeah. we got yeah, a couple of yeah. They do talk about on the. Uh, there's a brief documentary on the full moon video. Yeah. So the full moon, release. from what I remember, it did get re-rated, um, and it says R. But back when it was released, but, it was PG. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. I'm sure in the in the eighties. I would fucking cry. Well, I mean, there was like softcore porn <laughs> films that were like rated PG. Oh, well, showing your true colors now, then. Andy, aren't well, you? Well, I'm, I'm maybe not softcore porn, I guess, but like you know, in like the eighties, kids could smoke films. cigarettes and drink beers and yeah. shoot guns. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. PG is very different from what it was. So in yeah, I mean, nineteen seventy nine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have a middle ground. It was PG no. or, or R. R. It's a it different was, culture. What's yeah. a PG thirteen? <laughs> what is that a side half? it's side boob. side boob yes. half boob. and you say shit say once? the f word or yeah that's what twice you get you one f word one, one you F -word. could you could get away with it twice is that the Some original title twice get the get out i think we're looking through the blu-ray now and i think the original title was horror, horror puppet. puppet horror puppet look yeah. at that poster hmm. oh my <laughs> well no i think in the midwest it's horror puppet that's a foreign movie or something or a foreign version oh, right. right you tell me he's got a poster since you read german <laughs> i can't tell you here all right, <laughs> all right fine i'll tell you and then there went again well vermin getting the uber here, david sorry did you say no. uber <laughs> that's swedish chef swedish yeah. chef this came is, in here guys <gasps> Ren, you dropped your disc this is Bludigus Poppenhaus, which has to do with like a, a people house, which is a dollhouse. Okay, so it, oh, okay. it's talking about a dollhouse. So yeah. Okay. Oh, von Karl. Yeah, that so, makes sense. So to give some context to what this we're doing, this is definitely here. just the German style. Yeah, we have we have three versions of this movie. All three of these. Uh, you we have, have the three versions. Yeah, I have three. Blue movie. Underground, right? No, no, Full Moon. Full Moon, yeah. Blu-ray, the yeah. Full Moon DVD that everybody's after. Mine's still sealed. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. the cult video. One. So I'm about to say, yeah, because the DVD is rated is rated R. Right. The Blu-ray is rated PG. Right. Right. What? Let's crack this bitch open later. N no, I mean, <laughs> it's sealed. It's a no. It's a little different. Is but there it doesn't make. Water? Is there titties in the water? No, there's no, no titties. There's Giles, Damn calm it, down. That's all I want is. I know. I know. Brown I know. Snake. I, it's okay, buddy. It's brown it's, snake. He wanted it. He wanted the nudity in the movie, but he was too shy to ask for it. And then when they got to too the shy. set to do the skinny dipping scene, he's like, 
would you guys care if you got naked? And they all said, uh, we'd prefer not to. Oh. Okay, so, well, because, see, so we did watch the awkward. Joe Bob version. And Joe Bob, literally, that's, like, all he har- – I mean, I guess I'm as gross as Joe Bob. But, Zero tits. Yeah, he's just like, oh, you know, you lose half a star to a star for no tits. And yeah. I'm like, all right, Joe Bob. I, no, we know where you're going I with absolutely agree But then when you're watching, you're like, you <laughs> know you what? Do. It's kind of awkward that they're not actually naked because they're, like, is. making a it's big a deal strange. out of it. Why have him skinny dip at all? Why have any of the scene if you're just going to be – like yep we're just hanging out in the water this is very disappointing to you are they really there's, making a big deal about it because it sounds like you are no they have there's a whole scene dedicated there's to cum it. bleeding out of your eyes wow <laughs> jesus right tear men the saltiest of tears what did you say i'm not old enough to be here you guys <laughs> you're older than me patrick oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what do you think of the movie? Well, I first saw it when I blind bought it at Contamination. The first Contamination at St. Louis, and they were selling a bootleg of it. And I think it was the artwork of that kind of Leatherface-looking yeah. character with the camera. Yeah. That it was, I think they had like a deal where it was like buy five and get the 613 or something like that. And I was like, well, this looks interesting. So I watched it, and just what stuck out to me was that the first thing was that the movie was PG yeah. and I just couldn't believe that this was PG. <laughs> like it is probably the scariest PG movie that I have seen. And I think the, <laughs> the, that like what one of the comments was that nightmare quality to it with the mannequins, uh, making noises. Like if I had seen this, when I was like six or seven, I would have shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I well, really, here's what's interesting. How many about nightmares that. I would have had? So, according to Wikipedia, according to the American Film Institute catalog, the film premiered in Los Angeles, California, on March 14, 1979. Despite its depictions of violence and macabre images, the MPAA awarded the film a PG rating. Because of this rating. The film was able to receive significant broadcasting on syndicated television in <laughs> oh, the years wow, following wow. its te- theatrical release. So that's why I say that is like, I I guarantee you, there's been kids that have seen this movie. They're like, all right, this is our ten o'clock movie. It's PG. You'll be fine. And then they see this fucking mass dude that looks like a weird mannequin <laughs> scaring the shit out of right. them. And- there's gore in it, not yeah. a whole lot, not but a, whole a little lot. bit. But you know, it te- takes the Texas Chainsaw. Texas approach, Chainsaw right? has almost no gore. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. This has more gore than Texas sure. Chainsaw. Has. Right. And it's PG. Right. So, and different talks about it. He, different times. He talks about how the R rating would have boosted the theatrical experience, but the right. PG helped it find new life much much like people now are like fuck that horror movie it's pg-13 that's not my horror that's kind of what they felt like when seeing a pg rated horror movie they're like oh i don't need to see that that's lady and white crazy (laughs) (laughs) well no yeah they probably thought it was a child's movie or something even though like the fucking poster it's frightening original uh poltergeist though wasn't that yeah so that was pg it almost got an r rating so did lady in white Almost got an R rating. But what I'm talking about is like you look at sometimes I feel like there's almost a responsibility to conceptually look at the entire thing as 
what is this vibe? What is it telling kids? Right. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not like in the standards of this word said, this is shown, there has got to be a, like a, like, I'm just saying it's odd that it passed for that at that time, right? You know, like pre Reagan era that people were like, yeah, that's fine. Show children. No way. <laughs> No way. They, I was blown away the poltergeist passed of that because I got to watch that when I was like little. Shocking. And it's one of those movies I was like, I don't think I was supposed to watch this. This is terrifying. <laughs> kind of like RoboCop. Well, I think, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, I know like PG-13 came out of Indiana Jones yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Temple of Temple Doom, Doom, yeah. right? But I also want to say that it kind of bubbled up because of Poltergeist. Oh, for sure. I, but that's what I'm saying. It's like there's really nothing that you can like look on paper and say, oh, this is bad. But when you look at it, the, the topic and the tone, it's like this might be for an older audience. And as this movie especially, thinking of it as a PG film is disgusting. <laughs> there are, there are, I mean, I don't want to skip Mike. but It's I'll, very sexual. No, that's fine. Sexual. <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is pre eighties. I mean, eighties was all like big boobs on Budweiser cans. Beer it was just what it was. Tits. Beer and tits and guns. That's what we yes. liked in and the And meat. 80s. Red red meat. But if you get into like <laughs> this movie Ooh, has some of the darkest deaths I have ever seen in film. The moment where he decides to like murder this person slowly by putting soaked rags on their face until they suffocate and you so you watch this person suffocate slowly while he's just enjoying himself that is one of the darkest deaths I've ever seen in any film yeah I'm not and it doesn't help that he's like taunting no kind of he's having fun with it and it's literally like it's one of the best I mean I don't say best but darkest death scenes I have ever seen in a movie it is why I give this movie more credit than it probably deserves. I think it has some of the darkest death scenes. Even the pipe and the dude, I yeah. thought that was fucking cool. <laughs> you know, it's dripping so out of them. good. It's a, it's, pipe. It is a silly fucking movie, and I will give it that. I understand yeah. why people don't like it, because it's zany. It's goofy. It's tele- I, I is love telekinetic. Goofy. What's pulling strings? Is there really a brother? Who knows? It's got a lot of goofy shit. Yeah. A lot of things don't make sense. But I, I view the whole movie kind of like Eraserheads, just right. a big nightmare. That's yeah. fine, and uh, you know that's horror gets a pass on that, in my opinion. Like, right? Because horror should be using nightmare logic. Yeah, it doesn't. A good horror movie doesn't need to make sense for me. No, is that like because horror is kind of like another extension of fantasy? You know what I mean? It should be disoriented. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I'm fine with that. So I think it kind of works on that level. But uh, am I the only one who kind of thought he? <laughs> He kind of looks like Conan O'Brien. I was thinking right. more Jay Leno. He could be yeah. uh, like a oh he would he be could be so, all the talk be, show host. Conan would be Conan would be so offended by that kind of like a Leatherface. Can anybody do leather, his Leatherface Letterman? Uh, yeah. Anybody do his voice? Well, I You're do. So I do. Like, I do like that part when he's so when he's like. And our next guest. When he's feeding. When he's feeding the one that kind of looks like Leatherface. Mm. And, you know, he's like, yes, some more crackers, please. I do enjoy these very much. <laughs> and then <laughs> you do it. So and then well. like, he <laughs> kind of falls apart. He's like, I need to fix that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike, what'd you think? Uh, I saw this. Um, God, back. It, it's probably been. 15 years ago. I was about to say, because originally when I asked you, and you're like, why are we watching that? You 
no, didn't, I didn't have a like, high opinion of it. I didn't like first. this movie at all. Okay, I, 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 it was around the time that uh, I think it was kind of getting like a word of mouth resurgence, and I was like, well, I'll check this out, and it was not at all. I mean, it's goofy. It's a goofy mm-hmm. fucking movie. If you're not expecting it to be good, if somebody hasn't said, hey, this is a good movie, check it out in that like, scope, you can look at it like it's not good. Right, yeah. which is, it. Uh, I, I kind of was expecting a serious film, a serious like, a horror film that you know was kind of overlooked, and that's not what it is. But watching it with the knowledge of what it is now... Is uh, it's a lot more entertaining. Yeah, it's um, one. Of, it's one of the better full moon. Movies. Oh yeah, I think it's the oh. best one that they have to be on that they've uh, released. Puppet Master Three. Subspecies man. Puppet Master Three is my favorite. I think, but this is second close. I mean, this one scared the shit out of me, and you know the mannequins are very frightening. Right. I'll tell you what. Yeah. This is the movie that got me to sign up for his fucking stupid full moon streaming thing I at Cinema Wasteland. Yeah. He's like, oh, you get excellent. I think it was like two or three Blu-rays, and uh, give me your credit card information for full moon streaming. <laughs> but then somebody's like, don't give him the credit card information. Just say you'll pay cash. <laughs> He'll charge you two extra dollars, but it'll be fine. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'll do that. Because then I don't have to worry about not forgetting. about. I always forget to cancel that shit. Before right. It's oh, no, up, everybody so. does. That's yeah. the whole point of it. I, yeah. Yeah. I used to work for Blockbuster when we signed up for Wards members. They're like, yeah, it'll cancel. It won't ever cancel. You'll have to you call have me to personally, it, yeah. and I will cancel it. Otherwise, we're taking money. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we close. But, yeah, so, I, I think it's also – Full Moon also has a streaming service on – Pretty sure it's on there. I mean, you can Charlie watch it. Make money on it. Ginger Dead yep, Man. That's on Roku. Yeah. Ginger Dead Man. It's a channel on Amazon. And Roku. Well, I'm glad I made you rewatch it because yeah. when I first brought it up, uh, you definitely had a very low point of view, and I was I'm glad that you could at least understand that like certain things about it are good. No, yeah, I I enjoy it. I I think that there's when it when it's creepy, it is creepy, and when right. it's not, it's. It's really silly and it's, looks very silly. it's funny and yes. uh, whether it's intentional humor or not, right? It's funny. It's a good, I, so it's a good I, I drive-in think, movie. Yeah, no, a drive-in movie. It definitely falls and like that's when me and Andy watched it and Ren. We all watched it as the uh, Joe Bob version because I didn't actually watch the streaming. I didn't have uh, the shutter at that point, so it was nice to actually watch the, him do commentary. Yeah, and yeah, but that was also the first movie out of the gate, and they had so many technical problems. I so can't a lot imagine of people didn't get to see it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I didn't know that. Unless you watch it on demand. It, it was nice to see him. I mean, again, I have purchased this movie. I own this movie. I like this movie. This was my suggestion. I'm not going to lie that I wanted to see this as a summer. Well, plus, it's it's the start of summer. It's right? a summertime yeah, yeah. vibe. It's the lost oasis. You know, we're yeah. all hanging out and drinking and having fun. And this movie's kind of got that vibe. Pool uh, time with the girls. It, my <laughs> thoughts on it are, and it's funny because it's almost like I like to look at it as like a dark cars movie where Tomater <laughs> is. The uh, Slauson character. Oh man, that's yeah. cool. Because well, the idea is that it's this, it's this, you know, off the shoot city town Radiator that Springs. nobody gives a shit about. Radiator Springs, and all of a sudden these kids show up at, and Tomater is going to show them around his town. But no, it's it's a joke <laughs> mostly. <laughs> but anyway, wow. 
No, but it is. It's really a dark. <laughs> Go yeah. see Toy Story 4. Right. So, honestly, yeah, like you said, it's a Texas Chainsaw mixed with Carrie and mixed with House, uh, of, Wax. House of Wax. Absolutely. And that's what the movie is. But, like I said earlier, the death scenes are definitely probably better than the movie. Yeah. And it makes the movie. The soundtrack, I think, is phenomenal, even though it does sound zany, but it goes with the tone of the it film. It does. It, it, um, you got yeah. this. It's just a weird to start it off. Because you don't get that tone for a while. If you can accept that telekinesis is real and that they're treating this seriously like it is real, then this movie will make a lot more sense to you, I think. I think the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, what strings is he pulling to make that do that? Because that's impossible to do. I thought the same thing as you the first time I watched it. Yeah, it's like, well, you can't make a thing do that if you're outside the room. That wouldn't make any sense. But this is in the the impression that telekinesis is real. He has that power and he's gained it from killing his wife and brother as they were getting busy and just you know creating this whole oasis about (laughs) it so what is that i think this whole movie is dealing with the death of the highway like cars the franchise the The death of the highway transportation in general being ruined right (laughs) and uh and also (laughs) A loss of innocence. But no, it also has one of my top five uh, horror babes in it. Tanya Roberts. Tanya Roberts. Yeah. And Al- I actually. Also known as Midge from that 70s also show. Known as Hello. Midge from that 70s we know show. you're a wonderful person. She's great. <laughs> and uh, I, I actually knew her. I had a crush on her when she was in View to Kill, oh, the, yeah. the James Bond film with uh, Walken. And Grace Jones. Oh, now I just had that song stuck in my head. <laughs> Duran, Duran, baby. I bet you did. And also, this is an early appearance of Leanna Quigley. She is a fucking mannequin yep. in the movie. She gets no credit for I it. I did not know that. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it, on IMDb, it's listed as uncredited. And at first, I was like, nah, that's bullshit. And then I, I read an interview with her. Like, she was helping out. Wow. On the set, so. where yeah. was she? Do you know what she's a mannequin? She's just a mannequin. I at don't know. Which you don't one. know where. No. So when the, at the end, when the mannequins, you know, they start doing that revolving. Uh-huh. When they start turning she's people, one she's one of them. Yeah, uh. I don't know which one though. Oh, we could rewatch it. <laughs> she's a, she's an angel. Yeah, let's just pop this DVD uh, okay. open, huh? All right, all right. What do you think, Andy? Uh, look, I mean, Tourist Trap, like some of the commenters said, it, it's a mixed bag for me, but I think there's enough strong attributes to this movie that elevate it above just being, you know, written off. Also, case in point, you know, I mean, I know, I'm pretty positive we mentioned on the show before, where like the House of Wax remake with Paris Hilton definitely rips more so off of... Tourist Trap versus House of Wax. Oh, absolutely. With the pole, definitely. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And and like we talked about uh, earlier, the death scenes, those are, that's what gets me. I, I love the Dinaggio score, even though it is very wacky. But it makes sense with the film. But so it, exactly, I, yeah. because it, it's it's a playful kind of movie, sort of. I don't know. It, it's, it is and it is. <laughs> that's the thing. It's hard to describe. Like, at, it's playful at times. Yeah. It's two tones. Maybe like, if if Puppet Master's other. death scenes were more serious and like turned the tone of it yeah. for a second, Puppet Master could have been this movie. Yeah. I think. But that one scene where like he's putting the uh, plaster on her 
it's just so the way he's like, and you're slowly gonna stop breathing. Yeah, and then she's just like, she's convulsing. And your heart will stop. And you you won't die of suffocation. You'll die of your heart exploding. It's like, oh god. But I think that scene is just chilling, and it's it's really cool because you know Chuck Connors like we were talking about he was this tv guy he was the rifleman and like he also played for the chicago cubs yes yeah we found that out so we watched a joe bob and joe bob goes into it where he was actually just an athlete that like kind of got to the point where he wasn't an athlete you know like got too old for it he was like well else i'm gonna do acting was it and he did yeah the uh what was it rifleman and then what's the one directed by uh larry cohen or written by larry cohen uh, it starts with a B. Bad fucking got. Yeah, that's going to drive me Bray. insane. Hold on. Well. Yep, yep, yep. Branded. Branded. Yeah. That's what it is. And Larry Cohen wrote that shit, and so it was phenomenal. Yeah. Obviously, because he was in that good point. Although, I don't know how long he played Major League Baseball for. I... Well, no, he started actually football. Mm, he did that's football, right. and then he played for a long time, did baseball. He was, uh, he was on multiple... Like actual teams, and then did AAA. By the time he was on AAA, he was such a showboat that people fucking hated him. And it <laughs> ended up where one of the scouts that was, or like a, basically an uh, entertainment person, was like, "Hey, you should do films. You got quite a charisma about you." Because he would just like he he had this one time where he like did a home run and he walked the bases backwards <laughs> as like a showboat move. Mm. So. name's not even Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck he, he got that from like yeah no his name's not Chuck yeah just from talking shit to the other baseball guys he'd be like they would say like check it over here check it over here so they called him Chuck his name's Kevin is it yeah his real name's Dick <laughs> is it <laughs> no you got jokes it's Kevin Joseph Aloysius Connors imagine Aloysius yeah Kevin Joseph Aloysius Connors yeah Aloysius I didn't know that's how you spelled Aloysius uh, but yeah, he was on the yeah. He's for sure on the Cubs. He also what? He played for the Celtics from forty seven to forty eight. So he also played basketball. Yeah, get the yeah. fuck he, out. Remember they talked about that where he I thought was, he played uh, football. I thought he played football. I didn't know it was basketball. No, My bad. he was. He claims to be one of the first people to break the backboard. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. When did he pass away? Ninety two. Ninety two. But yeah, that's all. I mean, what else? You got anything else? No, I mean. I think it's an effective movie. I own the score from Waxwork when they put that out. I dig it. Um, it's one that I'll watch at least once a year, I think. Oh, Every yeah. Every summer. It's, yeah, for us, it's a summertime jam. Yeah. I get why people don't like it. I get what the problems are. It's too serious for a silly movie, and it's too silly for a serious movie. That's the problem with it. It goes back and forth, and it doesn't know what to be. I know that. But watching it, you can look at it like, hey, this is completely zany. Let's get drunk and like just talk over it the whole time. Or you can be like, hey, man, there's these moments that are great. And yeah. I wish that somebody would like remake this with a more serious tone throughout the entire thing. Well, if you want to watch a remake, just watch the House of Wax remake. Oh. No. But like almost it feels, you know, it's the thing. It almost feels like, because I just watched Manhunter recently too. It almost feels like that kind of like, if he could be a more psychotic character that actually killed people this way and it was like a real thing, like this could be a terrifying film. And uh, yeah, I think, I, I think it could be more, it, it could be really effective 
if you just cut some of that. If you cut the, out, honestly, if you cut the telekinesis I out, I think. Yeah. If you just made it a mental conversation between him, like you know, like almost like a Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. kind of thing with Psycho, you know, make it like he's talking to these characters in his place that he's creating. You could make an entirely different movie, more like House of Wax. Again, I think that having it be haunted instead of the telekinesis that'd be cool. Would kind of be like haunted make by a little more sense haunted than... by his his wife and and his brother yeah. or something of that sort. Yeah, vengeful spirits. Yeah, they're stuck there with him, so they trap people. You know, when you view like with the telekinesis stuff, when I view the movie as just a big nightmare, it, yeah. the telekinesis stuff doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. We watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Come I on. I enjoy the telekinesis. We watch tongues coming out of phones. We're fine oh, with it. I've never it. heard of this movie. Yeah, Nightmare? but the t- okay. telekinesis, <laughs> I mean. Uh, have you heard of Frederick Krueger? He was a janitor. Ted Luger. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the telekinesis isn't very well explained, though. No, no it isn't. No, no not, not at all. all. That's part of the problem. But I know that's why most people don't like it, because all right. of a sudden this thing is just getting thrown at him. You're like, wait a minute. There's no strings attached. What? How is right. this happening? How is this happening? I just thought he was an exceptional puppeteer. Like, <laughs> But in the 70s, well, if, I mean, they set it crazy. up on its If time. you look closely, though, you can see the wires. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, oh yeah. well, that makes sense. No, they didn't do wires. They had... They had they filmed it upside down. They filmed it sideways. And they put the cabinet on the ceiling, and then they were on the the other floor, right, but just they dropping shit. Stuff yeah, <laughs> they had a real telekinetic coming. So it was like, it yeah. was effective. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that shit was effective. I think that the, honestly, the things going against the door I was like, damn, they're really just launching that shit. It looked cool. It, yeah, it did. It, look, I, I thought it, it was neat. a great camera shot. But. Yeah, that's one shot where they they have this room sideways. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like the pipe, you know, the jiggling, that's definitely danced on some wires. wires. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. Since the telekinesis isn't really well explained, it's like, well, wait. And then you watch the beginning scene and I'm like, okay, I guess that's telekinetic, but I, I always thought it was going to be like the puppet thing because, brought, you know, like right. you showed that poster. Who so. brought up Motel Hell? Uh, one of the commenters. Okay, and actually, that's funny because if you actually look Mikey, Mikey sure, Venture, Mike, great, great job. Because if you look at it, the storyline with the man, the the elder character, becoming infatuated with a replacement wife, like that's definitely the Vincent I mean, character does that, right? Yeah, Chuck Connors reminds me of Roy Calhoun. Yeah. Like they're the almost the same yeah. person. Yeah, just. Nice and burly. <laughs> a man who would take care of things. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He used preservatives. Yeah, no. <laughs> Finest meats. But yeah, I think I think it's worth a watch. Um for But sure. it's definitely, yeah, that that same vibe yeah, of the fun. replacement wife you're going to be and she accepts it for a second. Mm-hmm. She does. She's into it. She's like, she, Okay, this is my life now. It. This is where I live in this crazy house upstairs. Right. And that's yeah. that's the weirdest thing to me. I'm just like, what? How you get, all your friends just got murdered. The last shot of the <laughs> movie of is real interesting. Yeah, right? The spinning and the, the dancing. And no, the, no, 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 no. The uh, last shot. <laughs> the, the the final <laughs> shot. Driving, driving away with the mannequin. Driving yeah. away with the mannequin. Oh, that's Texas car. Chainsaw yeah. right there. Yeah, right? <laughs> what is, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It kind of reminded me of the end of House of a Thousand Corpses. That, there we go again? Yes. Yeah, yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses. So, so we can determine that if you like House of a Thousand Corpses, you like Texas Chainsaw, and you want something a little more zany, watch this movie. Yep, it's a little lighthearted version of that. Actually, movies. that last shot, that last shot, the, the end credit shot is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's cool. Just yeah, her just smiling. 
Molly. Yep. My friends. Jocelyn. <laughs> Tomater. That's another one from the documentary the, where she was like, how do you want me to play this? And he's like, well, I don't know. She said, all right, well, I'm like a kid going to a birthday party. <laughs> Your kid leaving <laughs> radiator, kid, radiator Springs. She's, take, she's taking her friends to a birthday party. Life is a highway. <laughs> and that was the look on her face. It's yeah. pretty priceless. I mean, I, I think it's uh, I think it's definitely worth a watch. The only other problem with this film is that the release of it, because I'm pretty sure on Shutter it is the full moon cut. The one thing that I want to do, uh, I own the German release, which has both cuts. They call I think they call it a U.S. cut and a director's cut. Yeah. Um, the you can read the article on destroythebrain.com or just Google uh, tourist trap controversy. I forget which one it is, but we're pretty high up there because we were. I I wrote the article once I heard about it, and basically it years ago, David Schmoller uh, had some problems with the Blu-ray release because it wasn't his cut. And what he means by that, what from what I remember, there's scenes that are out of sequence and not the full scenes either. So there's some chops. And legend has it that Charlie uh, couldn't get access to the negatives because he owed a bill. And he got Oops. a theatrical print and scanned it and cleaned it up. So the source of that is a theatrical print from Spain, I think. And none of this sounds like something Charles Band would do. Nope. No, at no, all. No. <laughs> so um, when I did a quick glance at the German one, it seems like it's the same print. So I don't know if they did some inserts or, or what. But one of these days I'm going to go through and uh, do a side-by-side comparison. Because honestly, I can't remember um what all the differences are, but there's at least about like five or six minutes missing. So Dude, take I that what you will. That shorter cut is, was just some kind of international cut that no, yeah, one, it was a Spain cut that was probably missing some frames too. Mm. Like just, because I know it's a theatrical. Print. I noticed when watching the Blu-ray, there are some jump cuts. Yeah. And oh, yeah. it's, it, it kind of bothered me. Yeah, yeah, and that's why. And I think that's that's the problem. So, again, like I said, I, I'm not going to be able to pinpoint what exactly those differences are until I put them side by side, which I do want to do as a follow-up to that article, and plus because we're talking about it on the show. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, did anybody else have anything that they wanted to talk about with Tourist Trap? Go Blues. Oh, boy. Go Blues. <laughs> LGB. <laughs> LGB. It'll be over this, by next week. Yeah, yeah it'll so be over when this comes out. You will also It'll all go know, back to no one gives a fuck. Final there's a Blair Witch game coming out I was Xbox in August. I was just looking at that. Well, <laughs> just uh, uh, excited. Something that you always know. Uh, already know. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It was announced at the Xbox press conference. Looks so. creepy. Xbox yeah. press conference. Blair Witch game? Good looking yeah. game. Yeah, well, I mean, excited. it's not I'll watch the first somebody game. play it while I pee because I'm terrified of scary games. There were a I couple games. I can't do scary games. You'll play Sounds scary like game you. again. So, do they just like stack rocks or tie sticks together in this <laughs> game? <laughs> no, they fly drones. Oh, <laughs> that was um, Patrick. That's fire. Bang, All bang, right. bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty damn good. All right, so that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. Let's go around the table and see where you can follow us. Patrick? Find me on Twitter at Max Rebo Rules, on Instagram at Patakin Skywalker, and on PSN at the same, same username. 
hard sell yeah. there. You can find me on Instagram as Rinstelgram, which is R-I-N-N-S-T-L-G-R-A-M. Dot can, com. Not dot com. You can find me on Instagram and... Shit, I forgot I have two different names, don't I? You can find me on Instagram Nerdy at, Collector Luna. Yeah, is. Nerdy Collector Luna on Instagram and Letterbox and Twitter. I'm LunaMaria87. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at joshinator1989. No more Instagram. And Just cut that cancer out. Yeah, huh? it's gone. R.I.P. Instagram and Letterbox uh, hassles, H-A-S-S-L-E-Z. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Niles Maddox, N-I-L-E-S-M-A-T-T-O-X 22. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, PSN at T-R-I-E-F-Y on all those. Uh, thank you guys very much. Also, feel free to give us a like on uh, Facebook. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Destroy the Brain. On Twitter, we're just at Destroy the Brain, same as Instagram. So give us a follow, give us a like, whatever. This episode's killer track is Tourist Trap Mannequins Remix from Whore for Vinyl. You can find this on SoundCloud. We'll put a link in the show notes. Thank you guys very much for joining us. Our next episode will be our top five scores recorded live at the Record Space. All right, let's listen to some creepy mannequins. <laughs>